0: Have you ever wished you could have a do-over in relationships? I do. Uh, It was 1993. Uh, I asked Stephanie out for a first date. We were here in San Antonio, and so I took her to the Towers of the Americas, Now, we were poor college students, so we didn't eat in the restaurant. I think we ate like at Poncho's, and then after Poncho's, we went to the observatory deck, and it was around sunset. It was very romantic. The mood was right. Remember, this is our first date, and Stephanie uh, got on her tiptoes and leaned forward like she was going to kiss me it was an amazing moment. I had so many thoughts racing through my mind. I was like, well, this is kind of our first date. You know, how fast are we going to move? Is this going to set the tone for the rest of the relationship? You know, I'm kind of old school. So like, I'm as a guy, do I take, aren't I supposed to take the lead in this? So, um, but I was like at the same time, you know, I mean, Stephanie, she couldn't resist herself, you know, like she can't <laughs> control herself and I, and I, maybe I should be willing, you know, but, uh, and so this is what I did. I, uh, I kissed her, but I raised even higher and just kissed her on her forehead. I know, all right, big dummy. I wish I could go back and have a do-over. And I think a lot of us, we look back in relationships and then moments that who we're in relationship with, and we're like, we can think of all the dumb things that we did, right? What if we could have a clean slate? What if we could have a clean slate? That, that, that's the power of the gospel, isn't it? That he can redeem moments, that we can move beyond little mistakes and big mistakes. So uh, we're gonna start this series right. If you're sitting next to your spouse and, or if you've joined us online, I wanna encourage you to get cozy on the couch and uh, let's just start this series right, right? Just lay one right on your spouse right now. Go ahead and kiss him. Go ahead, all over, let's, let's do it. We're gonna start this right Yes, I love it. I love this. I am excited about this brand new series called Relationship Health. Uh, I'm excited for a couple of reasons. I'm excited because I know what God's gonna do. If we would just submit ourselves to Him, He is going to heal relationships, He's gonna restore marriages, He's gonna reconcile, He's gonna forgive. Like that's what's gonna happen. Some of you are like, you're here and and you're like giving God this is like the last chance. You're, you're like, there's no uh, good thing that can come out of the marriage anymore. Trust has been broken and you're thinking, man, I'm, I'm, we're holding on by a threat. But you watch, if you, if you give God a chance, he will do the impossible. And, and I'm excited about that. So, so why are we talking about relationship health? Again, there's two reasons. Number one, can we all admit that this COVID season has been hard on marriages? It has put a strain on relationships. I can't remember a time like this where we're getting more requests for counseling and marriage. That's why we are doing this re-engage. Uh, marriage uh, seminar or class on Tuesday nights. You can do it in person. There's a table in the lobby or you can do it online. We, we want you to get all the help you can have. And over the na- next two months, we are praying as a leadership that God will supernaturally strengthen every marriage and make it healthy and strong. The second reason why we're doing this series on relationship health is I kind of have a personal incentive. See, my daughter just got engaged. She's going to be married in July. And they don't want me to do the pre-marriage counseling. (laughs) Like, like, I get it. But I'm, like, trying to give them books. They're, They're only, like taking half the books I gave them. Like they were over my house this past week together. And we went into my home office and I said, I've got a book for you guys to read. And I pulled out this one. This is the blue book. My youth pastor gave it to me right before I got married. It's titled Before and After the Wedding Night, Exploring Intimacy in Marriage. I handed it to him. I wish you could have seen their faces. They were like horrified. My, my daughter was like, Dad, that's terrible. I'm like, I want y'all to get all the, the help that you can on the front end. And, and so they didn't take this book. They left it. And, but we're starting a library in the den. I don't know if you saw all the books in there. I'm going to put this on the mantle. And if you are engaged or you're married, you can don't steal the book, but you can take this book and you can read it. And it's got it's got everything that you'll need. Now, if you're not in a dating relationship, you're not married, don't go in the library and read this book. All right. I don't want anything to think you're a pervert. All right. This is for people who are really if you're really engaged. Wait. All right. Wait. So here you go. I'm just trying to help you out. Try to be a blessing. The book that they did receive, I got it for my daughter and and Luke. is is, It's by Francis Chan. It's called "You and Me Forever." Great book. We recommend it. There's another book called "Love and Respect," and then there's another book called "Relationship Goals" by Michael Todd, a pastor. And a lot of our content in this series is coming from these books. So we're excited about this journey that we're going to take together. I I have a vision that our marriages and our church are going to be the strongest in our community. Like people are. Looking for models. You gotta have a model, right? Like, you gotta have a vision of a healthy marriage. It doesn't happen by accident. And some of you, you've had a lot of dysfunction. Your parents maybe were divorced or people around you divorced and they haven't done it right. And so you don't have a lot of models. You've got to have a vision. You've got to have a picture where you put all of your effort and, and you drive towards that. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm praying, my prayer is that, especially as we begin this series, that, that just like Jesus wants us to stay in our first love with him, then we need to remain in our first love with our spouse. So, here's a little practical challenge for you. You can do it right now if you want. I, I did it right after first service. I want you to post a picture of you and your spouse during the early years when y'all were dating. I saw Kyle did this this past week, and this is where I got the idea. I saw him and, and Beth, and I was like, hmm, they look like they're in love, and I just want God to rekindle the fires again. And, but this is what is going to happen as we grow more in love and healthy in our marriage, people are going to notice at work in your neighborhood. And they're gonna go, why are you guys so in love? And you're gonna tell them, hey, it's because of Jesus. It's not because of what I see on Netflix, right? It's because of the word of God. And I'm applying truth to my marriage and my relationship and it's healthy and strong. So post a picture and then maybe tag our church and then say something about Jesus, be a witness, all right? And so all of us, let's get the word out and be a light in a dark world. I'm excited. I'm excited about our journey that we're in because there's a lot of messages around us. There's a lot of voices and a lot of models in this world. And the Bible very clear that we are not to conform to the culture of this world. Culture is constantly changing, isn't it? It's constantly changing. But the one thing that's constant is the word of God. And if we don't apply God's standard to relationships, people and relationships are gonna get hurt. Jesus said in Matthew 24, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words by no means will pass away. It will remain. And if we apply God's word, his standards to our relationship and marriage, they're going to be strong. They're going to be healthy. So let's turn to Genesis. We're going to go back to the very beginning. Okay. What's the first relationship with that you think of when you think of Genesis? Think of Adam and Eve, but that's not the first relationship. Like the Holy Trinity, right? That describes himself, God, the father, God, the who God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit. This is important because God, he's about relationship. And he said, let us make man in our own image. And so he made man, he made woman in the image of God. He created them, right? And so when God creates and he spoke the world in existence and he looks at it and he said, this is so good. And he creates the sun and light. He says, this is so good. And he creates vegetables and trees and, and the water. And he said, this is so good. But look at Genesis chapter two, verse 18. It says, and the Lord God said, it is not good That man should be what? Alone. Alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So right after God creates all of these things, he's like, this is so good, so good. And then he creates man. He's like, oh, I can improve on this. It is not good that man be alone. And so he gives a helper, he gives a, a woman, he creates Eve and he's like, now this is good. Like this, is like it's, God gave Adam a gift. He gave him a relationship. God gave Adam a, probably one of the greatest gifts. God gave himself, they walked together in the garden. He had fellowship. He wants relationship with you. God wants relationship with you, but he wants you to have relationship with others healthy relationships, good relationships. You got to hear this. God wants relationship for you. That's how he's created you. He's wired you for relationship. Now I know some of you, you're introverted and you're like, not me. I'm built different. Like he's saying, you're like, you're like, I, 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 I kind of don't mind the COVID season. You know, I, I, I come to church and And we don't have to do the meet and greet anymore. People don't get my space. They're not touching me or hugging me. or None of that. Like, I don't have to work. I don't have to go to work anymore. Now you have an excuse to go to church online. You know, you're like loving life. But you got to hear this. It's not good for you to be alone and isolated. It's not good for you. God wants you to have relationship with others because if you are isolated and you don't have life giving relationships and people encouraging you and building you up and and helping you walk along that path, then the enemy's going to lie, he's going to tempt you, and fear comes from isolation. Sin can come from isolation during that idle time. This is why we value small groups because Jesus did right. He he, he hung out with 12 men and had close fellowship. And Jesus wants to have fellowship with you, but he wants you to have fellowship with other believers. That's why you must be wise in your friendships. You show me your friends, I will show you your future. So examine the, the relationships that you have around. This is why our church is so passionate about small groups. If you're brand new, you're gonna hear us talk a lot about small groups. In fact, all over our property, indoors and out, there are gonna be small group leaders that wanna be your friend. We want to connect you with a group of, of, of community of people who, that you can grow with. And, and some of you need this, especially if, if you want to grow healthy in your marriage and you, maybe you feel stuck. You need to be around other people. No marriages are perfect, but other people who are on a journey of getting closer to God. And you're going to see, oh, that's how they resolve conflict. Oh, that's how they communicate. And you're going to learn from, from each other like iron sharpens iron. You need other people. Listen, what does the word of God say about this? In Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse nine, it says, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So who are you connected with? If you have people who are not following Jesus and those are your closest friends, then the Bible says bad company corrupts, good core, character. Like you need, life-giving and, and friends that are getting close to the Lord. And it's going to be like embers and a fire that the closer you are to each other, your passion for the Lord will grow as well. Some of you are unequally yoked in a relationship right now. And, 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 and if you're not married, you need to hit the pause button and, and, and get healthy first, get right with God first, then come back together. Some of you are, are maybe in a, a toxic relationship and, and if they're constantly bringing you down and, and they're discouraging you or they've given their their selves over to a stronghold where there's pornography or or just just terrible things. And, and you're thinking it's OK. It's, at least they love me. And I always say, hey, you know, you don't need to be in a toxic relationship, like hit the pause button and, and, and you'll be better off. Some of you just need to break up right now. You need to hear that. <laughs> It, but if you're in a relationship, I'm not saying break up unless there's abuse or adultery. Then hit that pause button for sure. There needs to be distance. But but how can God? How can He redeem? It? How can He make healthy? Before there can be a healthy relationship, we need to be healthy as individuals. You understand that? We can't think that if I get into a relationship, then I'll be healthy. Like if you're struggling with porn on your phone. And you think, if I just get married, everything's gonna be okay. I promise you that won't be the solution. You'll struggle with it afterwards. You need to get healthy, deliver, set free here, be healthy first, and then when you come together, it's gonna be healthy and strong, amen? God wants to do some things in you before he can do things through you in a relationship. So there's five things that we're gonna learn from the word of God from Genesis that will help us. Before he brings a person in in your life, there's some things that he wants to do in your life so you can be healthy and strong. The first thing that he wants to give you is that he wants to give you a place. Not just a physical place, but a a literal place. He's put you in this place for a reason, right? You don't need to fight that. He put Adam, where? In the Garden of Eden. It was a place. But what is it about a place that sometimes we just get discontent and we always think the the grass is greener on the other side. We do that in relationships. We do that in places. Can I tell you that the grass is greener wherever you water it? (laughs) And, And we don't need to just always like go, if I just compare myself to others or if I was way over there, then I would be happy. Because if you just chase that, you're going to go from place to place to place. Some of you are fighting your family and God's put you in a, in a family for a reason. God's put you at your job for a reason. He's put you in this church for a reason. And some of you are like, well, if I can just go to a different church, I'll be made known better. Or maybe if I go to another church, I can hide. And he's put you at this place for a reason. You got to trust him. Why is he doing this? Maybe he's put you in this place before he's bringing you to a person because he wants to form your character. He's not finished developing who he wants in you. Maybe there's some areas in your life that you're struggling in, that he wants you to be set free, that he wants you to to remove the pride and help grow in humility, to learn how to communicate, how to grow a little bit more as a leader before you get together in a a marriage. So you need to be healthy and you need to, to treasure the place that you're in. Don't fight that. Second thing that the Lord wants to give you is a purpose. We don't need to try to find our identity or purpose in a person, but we need to find it in the Lord. God put Adam in the garden. What assignment did he give him? He said to work the garden, right? Be a steward of what I've been given to you, tend it. Now, what if Adam would have said, hey God, I I got allergies and I don't like mowing the grass here and and, and this just isn't for me. The Lord has a specific assignment that he wants you to do. And let me just tell you, it's bigger than just your own world and your own self. If you are a follower of Jesus, he's given you a kingdom assignment. He wants you to make a difference in the lives of other people. You can do that in the marketplace. You can do that in church. He's called us all to make disciples, to proclaim the good news of Jesus everywhere. And so when we've discovered what that purpose is and we hear from the Lord and we start obeying and acting that out, then, then we understand that, that we can have a purpose that is healthy as a child of God And that we can understand what that purpose is so that when we come together, we're even stronger. So first, the Lord will give us a place. Second, he will give a purpose. Then he will give a provision. What kind of provision did he give Adam and Eve? As the trees grew, they they gave fruit, right? And Adam and Eve, because they were in the place and they took care of it, They received the blessing. They received the fruit. God provides. God wants to provide for you. One of the greatest gifts he wants to give you is a a clear understanding of who God is and who you are in Christ. He wants your identity to be solid. If I ask you who you are and you would respond, well, I'm a police officer, or if I, I am a mother of three, then if you are a follower of the Lord, you need to first see your identity as a child of God. Like that's your identity. Everything else will flow from that. You are the son of the most living God. You are a daughter of the King. You need to embrace this identity because if you don't know who you are in Christ, you will look to find that identity in someone else. And that person will let you down. You can't try to find that in a relationship or another person because those, those expectations will not be met. Only the Lord can meet your every expectation. Only through him can you be healthy and strong with your identity. And then he wants to give you parameters. Remember what he told Adam and Eve? He said, man, here's this garden I've given you and I want you to eat out of all the trees except for this one garden, this one tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't touch, don't eat from this tree or you shall surely die. Now, why would an all-powerful, all-loving God put a boundary in place? Why would he limit them? Why would he say, I don't want you to eat here? Surely you know as a loving parent, that there needs to be boundaries, right? We don't say to our children when they're young, go wherever you want, play where you ever want. We say, hey, there's a thing called a street and there's vehicles. You don't go in the street and play and not pay attention. Like there's boundaries. And there's boundaries in your own walk with the Lord personally. There's there's the word of God. He gives commandments, he gives boundaries for us so we can live a holy life where that intimacy with the Lord is strong. But even Personally, we need to go. There's there's some standards here. Like I don't need to lust with my eyes, I need to flee sexual immorality. I I don't need to give myself to that. Some of you are are maybe living together and you're having sex before marriage and and the Lord's saying this wonderful gift of sexual intimacy I wanna give you, but only the boundary, the parameter is only in the context of marriage. And if you save yourself for marriage, God will bless. But if you have sex outside of marriage, prior to marriage or outside of marriage, adultery, then, then God's gonna allow you to have some consequences that are very, very painful it breaks our heart when we enter into a time with our merge and, and we have couples that come and they're already living together. And we say, would you just hit the pause button? I know it might be painful to re-do uh, your schedule, but would you, we, we try to tell the guy, pull him aside and say, hey, would you do the honorable thing and obey God's word? Would you obey the, the parameters and standards? And God's gonna bless you. And as you honor him and you honor the Lord and yourself and your wife, he, your spouse, he's gonna, he's gonna bless and it, and it just breaks a heart when people harden their heart and they say no, or they say, I, I'm walking under grace. Can I tell you that grace is God's favor to help you live a holy life, not a license to sin. God wants to bless you. He wants to, he wants to get, but he, he gives parameters. It says in 1 Corinthians 10, 23, you say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not, in, not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. There's only one who has everything you need, and that is the Lord. He's the only one that can, can put you in the right place for a season to prepare your character, to prepare you for that person. He wants to give you purpose, He wants to give you provision and parameters, but He wants to be that person before He brings you to that right person. A lot of times we allow ourselves to to listen to the voices of others that are around us. Your life is like a bit like a vessel. And at an early age, you listen to the voices of other people and the opinions of others have defined you. And this orange ball are those other people, those those voices. And even at a, at a young age, people said you needed to act in a certain way, to look a certain way, and you began to compare yourself to others. Maybe there was a bully in school that said some things that just crushed your spirit and, and hurt your identity and and maybe you you were hurt by someone you trusted. And then you got a little bit older and you were told you have to make a certain grade to get a certain scholarship. You had to do this. You had to play this sport. You had to work harder. And, and, and you began to see that maybe uh, to be accepted by a parent, I had to perform well. And you've given over yourself to just performance and works. And it's it's just shaped you. And it's filled you up with trying to meet the expectations of other people. And you, you've you compared yourself. And, and there's this comparison. Competitive spirit within you, and it's a war, and you're tired, and you're weary, and then the enemy has tried to speak to you lies, and distract you, and deceive you, and to bring doubt, and distort your reality, and you've just filled yourself with other people's voices, and the voices of the enemy, and it's just filled you up with, with other people's voices, instead of what God has intended for you. And the Lord just wants to spend time with you. He wants to abide with you, to to have relationship with you. And when you stop listening to the voices of others in this world and start listening to the voice of God, he will fill you with what he wants you to hear. He will fill you and shape you and form you with what he wants to do in your life. And so as you spend time with him early in the morning and you open up God's word and you listen and you saturate yourself with God's truth and you listen, then, then he, then he starts to fill you. And, and then you talk to him and you pray and you worship him and you're grateful and, and things start to change on the inside and, and, and you keep spending time with him. But some of you are just like, maybe it's you're just new coming to church. And on Sundays you, you're hearing the word of God and and you're singing maybe some of the songs, but yet the reality is you still got a a lot of stuff in you. You're still giving time and attention to things during the week that are harmful for you that don't honor the Lord. And you're spending time with people who their voices are pulling you down and distracting you. And certainly your life from afar, what is the perception? What do people see in you? What's still coming out of your flesh? Maybe it looks hypocritical. It's because you've gotten stuck Some of you, you need to press on. You need to get with the relationship with other people in a small group. And as you get the body of Christ begins to minister to you, and as you're consistent every day in the word of God, not just on Sundays, and you start feeding yourself, a lot of the things that was inside of you will start to come out, and you will fill yourself with what the Lord wants to fill you with, and he wants to fill you with his spirit, right? He told the woman at the well, like, I want my spirit, the river of life to come in, into you that you will never thirst and look for satisfaction in anything else. And he will fill you and he will, he will baptize you with his Holy Spirit. And the things that were once inside of you that was shaped will come out and the Lord will cleanse you. And what's so great is that the things in here won't be able to stick. No matter when the enemy tries to remind you of those thoughts that helped shape you before, no matter what he does, they don't stick. And God wants to deliver you and set you free. And it's by his spirit that he wants to give you that place. He wants to give you the purpose. He wants to give you the provision, his spirit, the gifts of joy and love. He wants to give you relationship, health, and other relationships around you. He wants to be everything that you need. And it's only by his spirit. He loves you that much. And so, Father, we humble ourselves. We humble ourselves in your presence, as we examine our, our lives, just in this moment, we just come against the voices of the enemy, the voices from the past, the voices of shame and guilt because of our actions or some hurtful action to us that, that's caused us to be skewed in our perception of who you are. You are a loving father. You are the groom. God, you desire for us to have healthy relationships with you and other people around us, friends, healthy spouse. But Father, before we can address any of those other things, I pray that we would just submit ourselves in in humility to you. Would you just ask the Lord right now, just, Lord, what do you wanna bring to the surface that was buried or hidden, that's not pleasing to you, that's against your character, that's contrary to the word of God? What is it that you need to confess? Surrender. Just ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Holy Spirit, would you shine your light on those areas of our life that's not pleasing to you, that's causing us not to be healthy. We wanna walk in a way that's pleasing and holy to you, that conforms to your character and your nature. I pray for my friends that you would help them, help them, oh Lord, to walk after you, In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray.